Hello, guys. Welcome to the first episode of the All Things Christian Rock podcast. Uh, today's first episode, we are going to be talking about Red's new album, Declaration. I got my younger brother here, and we're just going to have a uh, general conversation about the album and uh, Red as a band and their their state. Um, for anyone who is not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure to uh, subscribe to that. Uh, if you are listening to this on Spotify, you can also hear it on YouTube. If you are listening to it on YouTube, you can also check it out on Spotify. Also check the uh, link in the description for the All Things Christian Rock Facebook page. I post there daily, as well as for the All Things Christian Rock Spotify playlist, where you can hear uh, the top 50 Christian rock and metal songs. Uh, so let's just go ahead and jump into it. Uh, so... Like I said, I have my uh, brother Steven in here with me. Uh, Steven, so they had released half of the record ahead of time. Uh, what did you think of that half as those songs were coming out? And then what do you think of the other half of the songs when they came afterwards? Um, well, I certainly like... There wasn't a single song that I disliked or that I didn't care for. Um, I thought that... Uh, it's quite. It's a little bit different from what Red usually do, has done before, and little more. Um, how do you say, angry and <laughs> aggressive? Uh, it's probably their heaviest album altogether. Yeah, I would I say, don't have it's, a lot to say it's definitely the definitely their heaviest album. Like, uh, it's very new metal sounding. Like a lot of the riffs kind of rem- remind me of bands like Corn or Slipknot. Uh, and then there's every single song has screaming. Uh, it is a short album, but then there's also like, there's not really like a slower song unless you want to say like the war we made is probably the most chill song. And even it is, you can kind of bang your head too. And it, there's some screaming in it. Um, definitely, definitely a, a heavier endeavor. Uh, did you think it was smart that they were, you know, releasing so much of the album ahead of time? Or did you, or maybe wish you, they hadn't done that? I don't think it was a bad thing to release so much of the album because um, especially with how popular that songs like Sever had been getting um, even before the album came out, I feel like it wasn't a bad idea. Maybe it helps people want to get the album. Well, my my issue, especially since the album is so short, I mean, I know that like some of these songs carried over from the Evening Hate EP, which came out back in November. Um, but even even then, you know, when you when the album's only 10 songs long and they release, you know, five of the songs ahead of time. It, it to me at least in when I sit down and I listen to the album from beginning to end for the first time, it, it, there's not as much mystery to it. There's uh I feel like I already know a lot of what's what to expect and what's going to come out of it. Is is that something that like I I listen to music differently than a lot of people, so like my favorite way to listen to an album is just from beginning to end all the way through as an art form. And so like when I hear an album for the first time, that's something I'm really excited about and to see how that goes. Uh, is that something that, you know, does that bother you the same way it bothers me that like you already knew what was going to happen for half of the album? I mean, I, I too like listening to albums like all the way through and I do kind of like the mystery behind it. If I think I would have, preferred honestly if they had released one or two songs less than they had um to have that kind of you know mystery vibe that you said 
but I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing or a bad move. Okay. Um, with that said, I, and maybe it's because of the mystery aspect of it, but when we sat down, uh, we got the album in the mail a couple of days before it came out, uh, cause I had pre-ordered it. Um, and maybe it's because of the mystery aspect of it, but I feel like, uh, a couple of my favorite songs on the album are new songs, like songs that they didn't release ahead of time. Uh, particularly I'm thinking about, uh, tracks two and three, Infidel and Cauterize. Um, I, they're just, they're blistering heavy, um, but they've got some awesome string arrangements. Um, what do you, how do you think the new songs compare to the songs that they all released? Like, do you think that the songs that they already have released, like the singles, do you think those, I mean, the idea of a single is to, uh, you know, promote the album, give a good idea on what the album is going to sound like, uh, try to get some radio play. Do you think that those are actually the best songs or do you think that maybe one of the other songs from the other half of the album would be your favorite and maybe why if you have a favorite song i don't think i have a favorite song yet i think it's a little too soon for me to say something like that um i have a hard time even saying like what my favorite song from like vessels from star set is because like because i just i love the album so much and i really like this new album too and um i'm also just not familiar with the album because it's just came out and i only listened to all of it once but um I really liked a lot of the new songs. Um, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that the songs they released before they put out the whole album uh, were better or worse because I feel like, I feel like the album of, uh, as a whole is just really good. And um, So I want to get into some more like technical stuff behind the album real quick. So uh, pretty much the entire album was just co-written by Anthony and uh rob who's their uh producer he's produced all of their albums except for release the panic uh and then there were uh, a couple other songs that were like co-written with other people um but really it's just those two people writing everything and i'm not just talking about uh the music i mean yeah the music but then also the lyrics as well um and that's not uncommon for red like if you look back at their other albums like back when uh Crap, what's his name? Jason Rosh. When Jason Rosh was in the band, he was like their primary songwriter. He did kind of everything. Um, and now it kind of seems like Anthony has taken uh, the reins on that. Um, and also, side note, uh, Anthony co-produced this record. I believe this is his like kind of production debut. I mean, uh, he said in an interview with Loudwire that like Rob Graves is kind of like the unofficial uh, extra member of Red because he uh, his production helps define their sound and. Uh, he does a lot of the writing and stuff. But what do you think about uh, Anthony kind of being like the primary songwriter do you, uh, based on this album? Because this is, as far as I know, this is kind of like the best representation of him being the primary songwriter for a whole album. What do you, how do you think that affects them as a band just in general? Well, I certainly don't think it's a bad thing. And I liked a lot of what they did with um the guitars and strings on the album i thought it was produced well and it sounded really good and david davidson um, uh did the string arrangements on this record and he did all the strings except for on gone which i believe rob graves did on that record and then uh he didn't do it on uh release the panic either well i mean i've definitely liked what jason jason rosh has done um 
I also really like what which Armstrong is it that you were talking about? Uh, Anthony. Anthony. Yes. Um, I really like what he did with this album, and I think it sounds really good and um, quite different. But I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Right. Yeah. So I think uh, him as like kind of the primary songwriter at this point. Uh, it red is very. They're a lot more metal sounding than they used to be. And I know that like with Gone, they were trying to play with some new things and stuff, but then they kind of, with this record, I think they went back to more of what they were doing with like Of Beauty and Rage, and it's a lot more metal sounding. Um, but what, I, which is cool with me, because uh, I'm a big fan of metal, um, I'm a big fan of Red, but I gotta say, the big difference between Red, you know, a few years ago, when Jason Ross was their primary songwriter, fast forward to now with Anthony as their primary songwriter. Um, not only are they a lot heavier, but they've just kind of strayed away from doing slow material at all. Um, and I, if you look back at a lot of like my favorite songs by red, um, you know, songs like start again, never be the same. Uh, let it burn, uh, not alone. Like those are slower. Uh, Hold me now. Like those are a lot of slower songs by Red. Not that those are like my all-time favorite Red songs, but they would be high on the list. And, and then on this album, there's not like I said, there's not really any slow songs except for maybe you could say the War We Made, but I don't really think that's that's slow. Anyways, do you think that? Do you think that hurts? Maybe not Red as a whole, but the album listening process. Not if you want something edgy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I did think it was weird that they didn't really have a slow song on the album, but personally, I don't mind it. I do like their slower songs, like you said, but I mean, ultimately, I listen to Red to rock out and uh Sure. And with that said, I think that so, maybe that's why it's a good thing that this album's so short. I mean, it's only 10 tracks. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to, like, something that I've noticed a lot in, like, heavier music is, like, if it's going to be, like, really blistering heavy for the entire album. The album is generally like pretty short. Um, and then if the album's going to be a little bit longer, then it fluctuates a little bit more like another. Yeah. My other favorite band is demon hunter and they do that a lot where they, their albums are a little bit longer, but they have some songs that are really, really heavy and then some songs that are really, really slow. And then some songs that are, you know, various levels of in between. And that's just to help the listener stay interested. And it feels more like, a ride as you're going through the record instead of just heavy, heavy, heavy all the mm -hmm. way through. Uh, I also, um, another, uh, kind of, kind of production side of things that I noticed, uh, when I was reading through the credits on here, uh, Joe Rickards, who was their uh, drummer from innocence and instinct until release the panic. I think, uh, he, uh, mixed and mastered this record as well as, uh, he co-wrote, tracks seven and nine which i have to flip around to see what those are uh the victim and only fight which are a couple of the new songs i think they're pretty cool um and he so yeah he's not in the band anymore but he did um uh, mixing and mastering and this is the first uh red album that he's done that for but i thought that was pretty cool too and while we're on the note of drummers this is even though uh dan johnson that's his name right even though dan johnson's been in the band since uh, of beauty and rage kind of he hasn't been able to officially become their drummer until the release of this record 
uh, because of issues with their record label. Um, but Red are independent now. Uh, they do not have a record label anymore. They're doing everything themselves. Um, which kind of opens up a lot of neat opportunities. I mean, for a while, there was a period of time where they thought that Red was going to break up because they didn't know if they'd be able to do it without the support of the label. Um, but I feel like they've got a system going for them that it's going to work out. Uh, it's something that they've talked about doing. And uh, in that uh, interview with Loudwire, I mentioned already, uh, Anthony mentioned that in the downtime they have because of the coronavirus and stuff, they're already writing a new Red project. Not like a traditional studio album, but something that will be under the name of Red. Um, so, you know, when they have they don't have a label to worry about and they can just kind of do whatever the heck they want. Um, they can release new music whenever they want. They can uh, do an EP every year for all they wanted. If they wanted to never make a traditional album again, they didn't have to. If they want to do a live album, they can do that without being too complicated. So, uh, you know, with all of those doors and uh, opportunities open to them, uh, is there something you'd like to see from Red? or? do you kind of not want them to go that way? Do you want them to stick to the traditional, just a record every two or three years? Or are you cool with them just releasing crap whenever they feel like it? I'd prefer that they'd release an album every few years. Um, just cause it's just how it usually is. It's what I'm used to. Um, but, um, I don't know when it comes to like, if they do anything differently, instrumentally i don't i can't complain i don't have anything to say about that because i i like what they're doing yeah but i mean like um if they wanted to do this like say they wanted to make like one year they wanted to do like an ep or something and there's some more like electronic stuff like from like gone or release the panic or and then they maybe they wanted to do like one year they had an ep that was just like the heaviest stuff they've ever written like they have the freedom to do that. Or maybe they do like an acoustic album or a remix album. Like they don't have a label telling them what they can and can't do now. So is there something like more along those lines that you'd like to see? Cause they, I mean, this opens up a lot of experimental possibilities for them. Mm, I mean, <laughs> I honestly don't care. <laughs> uh, I've always liked what they're doing. And even, even, um, release the panic which is probably my least favorite of their albums i still really like honestly and um and like gone which was one of their more electronic albums i still really like that album and i still think they did really good with it so i honestly don't care what they do i feel like they can do whatever they want uh i will i will mention this though i mean part of why they're trying to transition into uh that format there's a lot of other people who are doing this i mean the rap culture and scene has been doing this for years now and uh you're starting to see other some bands in this general audience like bands like bring me the horizon are starting to do this where uh they just release eps singles instead of traditional albums uh because most people don't buy music anymore i mean there's always going to be, be be people who do i mean there's people who still collect vinyl you know so uh there's always going to be a market for people to buy like physical music but the idea is that I mean, if you're not selling albums anymore, then you have to be putting out music frequently and a lot of it in order to make money via streaming. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of why it's exciting to see what they might do. 
because I know that they're kind of they're kind of always writing and they've you know put out a record every two or three years. But uh, let's say that we get an EP of maybe like B sides or something. Um, you know, they can just do whatever they want whenever they have new music. They don't have to wait around. Like they originally weren't going to make a full length. They were going to do the Evening Hate EP, and then they were going to do another EP this year, which I would kind of explain why the Evening Hate takes up you know uh, a bit of bit of the record but yeah i don't know i think it opens up some cool possibilities uh so i think the last thing i want to kind of touch on uh with you is where do you think and and i know like you mentioned you've only listened to it all the way through white once Mm -hmm. i've listened to it twice now um where do you think it lies on your ranking of their albums i think it's too early to tell honestly because like i said i'm I want to familiarize myself with it more before I say, but I definitely like it more than Gone and Release the Panic. I mean, that's a fact. Are those your Where, two, are those your least favorite Red albums? Mm, yeah. Um, I still don't think you can beat Innocence and Instinct, but um, I probably uh, I don't know. I mean, I probably like it more than. End of silence and until we have faces, maybe. But I'm um, again, I'm not quite sure where I would put it. Okay, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I have a video up on the YouTube channel that you should check out. That's me ranking all of Red's albums, and it's the they're just their first six albums. It was before we really knew any. It was before Evening Hate uh, single even came out. So go check that video out. I think my opinion as far as uh, that ranking still applies. Um. And something I mentioned in that video is that I have a hard time accurately judging an album because when it comes out, my hype is like really, really high, especially if it's a band I love like Red. Uh, When it first comes out, I'm just excited to have new music. You know, I'm not accurately judging it. So I'm like, oh, this is my like, I remember when Of Beauty and Rage came out. I was like, this is my new favorite Red album. And now it's like towards the bottom of the list. Um. That's cool to the top of me. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, right now, I'm going to say it's probably based on how I know that I judge things after I've had some time to really think about it and let it my hype die down and stuff. It's probably going to sit somewhere in the middle for me uh, because, you know, like I mentioned, I do like having some slower songs, but I think the album's short enough that that doesn't really matter too much. And there's some ridiculously heavy stuff like this is the heaviest material they've ever written you know there's some like like they're actually like playing seven strings and stuff and using ridiculously low tuning i'm pretty sure all for you is in double drop c tuning which even if you had like an eight string guitar is pretty low (laughs) so yeah uh it's cool though um if you uh I, i can't imagine you'd be listening to this podcast if you hadn't checked out the album but if you um, for some reason haven't go listen to it and uh, if you're watching this on youtube uh, make sure to uh, comment below what you actually think about it and maybe where you would uh, put it as far as uh, your list of ranking red's albums uh, so that's about i think that's probably going to be it for uh, the first episode of the all things christian rock podcast um, i'm just kind of trying this i don't know how well this is going to work or what other episodes i might do But I think as far as, um, you know, as long as I can get one or two people in here to have a conversation about something, whether it's a new album, kind of like what this was, 
or uh, maybe, you know, down the line, we could do like interviews or something like that and kind of format it like a podcast. I'm not really sure uh, what I'll be able to do with this, but yeah, stay tuned. Uh, it's, I hope you have enjoyed this. Like I said, uh, links in the description to the new music Spotify channel and the Facebook page. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, check us out on YouTube. If you're listening to it on YouTube, check it out on Spotify. All that great stuff. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.